Welcome, friends, to the Agora Network Ministries program, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and stigma inside the walls of the church. Through interviews, stories, and Christ-centered devotionals, along with dialogues with leading Christian mental health professionals and network ministries, our hope is that you, the listener, will learn and experience that hope and healing can be found in a holistic approach for body, soul, and spirit. Our prayer is that you become more aware about the importance of your mental health and be willing to make the changes you need to become a healthier you, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, welcome to this program. Now, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie. Welcome to this episode of Hope for the Agora. My name is Alan, and I'm your host tonight as we consider all this month the topic of fear. We're going to be listening to people share about their story and also share about how we can overcome fear as people, as believers, as the church. Many of us experience fear sometime in our lives. And maybe tonight you feel that way. Maybe you're full of fear and it paralyzes you. You know the Bible verses, you have quoted them You know the Bible verse that says God has not given us the spirit of fear. But how does that work in our lives? So we're going to unpack all this month the topic of fear and what God says about it and how or what the solution to our fear is. So sit back, relax, hope you have a cup of coffee in your hand and listen as we Approach this subject tonight about fear and the believer and the church. Tonight on our radio program, we have Grace Gale. Grace and her husband Paul are chaplains with a fellowship of evangelical Baptist churches in Canada. She brings 30 years experience walking with wounded individuals through their journey towards healing and wholeness. It's so great to have Grace with us tonight. Uh, Grace, tell us a little more about yourself. Okay, I'm a chaplain with the Evangelical Baptist Churches of Canada. I am the founder and director of Healing Our Brokenness Ministries, through which I reach out to groups who are working with um, people from suffering from the aftermath of childhood trauma, um, these people make me going through uh, depression, uh, loneliness, anger issues. Um, I, I speak at conferences. I do Bible studies. I'm a Bible study teacher. Right. Uh, and I've written several books on uh, the healing journey. Grace, you have a story to tell. I know we're talking about fear tonight. And uh, you will talk about that during this time together But your story has many sides to it. I want you to share a little bit about your story and talk about the fear that you encountered 
because of her, your trauma as a child? My husband and I were running a ministry in a government housing complex. We'd been doing it for about seven years when I started burning out. We'd had a lot of uh, opposition from the drug dealers in the community, so there were threats to our lives, and our car tires were slashed, and mud was throwing at our windows. And I was gradually being worn down. And then I lost my father and my brother a few months apart, and I plummeted into depression. And I just didn't have the energy to deal with their deaths. And during that period of time, through the depression, uh, childhood memories began to resurface. And so I, uh, I had to deal with uh, fears that I had growing up with. I grew up in a very fearful family. My parents were always worried about this and that, uh, you know, about war and communism taking over and all these wow. things the kids are listening to. And we had yeah. a pastor that was always talking about end times. But not only that, when I was six years old, I was attacked and sexually assaulted. So that really enforced the fear. And I was also the youngest of seven children. And so I was tormented being the youngest right. <laughs> by my older brothers. And all of that just kept adding on. And then I had a sister that was uh, an alcoholic and she would be emotionally abusive. So I lived with that. And all these things added up. And so when I dropped into depression, I had to deal with all these fears from these different areas. Mm. And through a five-year period, God totally transform me as a person. And so there is a lot of fear put into us as children. Grace, that's what God does the best. He transforms us. You talk about in your book, fear. As you were telling us today, you feared about a lot of things from different situations. Um, in your book, From Victim to Victory, uh, you share your personal story. You have great insight. But uh, I want to ask you, as we unpack this topic a little more, do you still fear like you used to? No. No, I was afraid of everything. Hmm. As a child, I was afraid of everything. And then I was always afraid of driving. I didn't think I could drive, but God took care of that because he took my husband's driving license away and I had to learn to drive. <laughs> that was almost two years ago. And actually just this past week, Paul and I wrote just joy driving, looking at the fall leaves. And I was saying, you know, just a few months ago, I wouldn't have wanted to go for a drive just for the enjoyment of it. Mm. So God has really done a great work there. Yeah. And I used to be afraid of not being provided for because I was raised in a home where money was very short. Right. So I was always afraid of that happening in our own home. And God started dealing with that in my life. And, and he just gave me the confidence that, you know, if he sent his son to die for me. Hmm. Why would he not give me everything else I need? You know, it wouldn't make sense. He loves his son so much. And he sent him to die for our sins to purchase us back from Satan. Why would he then not meet our needs? I realized then that we are so precious to God that he wants to meet our needs. And sometimes it's not instant, but the reason that is is because he wants us to grow in our faith in him. And he wants to use those difficult times to transform our character qualities to be more like Jesus. You are so right, Grace. Uh, he turns ugliness 
into something beautiful if we allow him to do that. I want to have you just share with our listeners why you wrote the book From Victim to Victory. Why share and be so vulnerable to your readers about your story? Uh, I wrote the book because God asked me to write the book Mm -hmm. to start with. Okay. And I never would have thought I would write a book. I have never, I've had one course in high school on creative writing. That's the, all the training I've had. In fact, I always struggled with grammar and spelling and all those. And yet when God told me to write the book, I was at the beginning of my healing journey. Right. And after I got through my journey and all that I had learned and all the scriptures that God had given me to teach me about his love, God started impressing upon me that he needed me to write this book. So it took 16 years from the time he asked me to write it to the time it was actually published. Wow. And I wrote it and entered it into a contest uh, to see if I could win the cost for my publication, for publishing it. And I came just under the short list. Oh, wow. Very close to the top. They were very impressed with it. And I was ready to go ahead and publish it. And the Lord said, no, you're not finished yet. But I have. No, you haven't. So I began to think, okay, there's something missing from my story. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. And he said, uh, I want you to tell the story about the first boyfriend you had in high school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to tell that. And he says, well, you either tell it all or you don't tell it at all. And so I knew at that point that if it was going to be successful, I had to drop my guard. I had to be totally transparent and tell my life the way it was. So, Grace, I'm interested, and maybe others are as well. Why tell the story about your boyfriend? What did that have to do with your story and being so important to share that? Um, Because I had talked about how it affected being sexually assaulted had affected me. Mm-hmm. And then that story that I had wanted to leave out was I had had sex with a boyfriend in high school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my friends to know that I had done that. Right, right. And so God is saying, well, you know, either tell it all or don't tell it at all because you can go ahead and publish it, but I'm not going to promote it. <laughs> and then the other thing he asked me to to do was to name my father as one of my abusers and I said well he's dead and he's forgiven he says yes but someone has to hear it well Grace uh, a powerful story for sure and we're going to pick it up in just a few minutes but right now Pastor Gord Abraham is going to share with us a mind for what matters as he unpacks for us from the word of God about fear and why do we fear and what's the solution to fear. Greetings, friends. It's hard to believe we've entered the fall season. Our theme for this month of October is fear. And today we start by looking at the fear of God. Now, you may be saying, why are we listening to you talk about the fear of God when I'm trying to learn not to fear? Well, let me try and answer this very good question. I believe for followers of Jesus that we must have a proper understanding of the fear of God before we can tackle our own fears. 
For sure, if we reject God or mock him or deny him, then rightfully there should be the experience of the fear of God, which is best seen as terror, trauma, because of his holiness, his purity, his judgment on sin. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 29 to 31, the author gives us insight when he says, Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In Proverbs 28, verse 14, the author says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Now for the follower of Christ, there's no more terror, because we now rest in the reality that that terror of separation from God and his judgment and accountability to him is now dealt with, and I am now joined to Jesus in a right standing with God. And as the Apostle John tells us, we are now sheltered in God's love. In 1 John 4.18, we read these words, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So as followers of Jesus, we, re we respond to God's absolute purity and greatness with obedience, respect, awe, and worship, knowing in hope that we are his children and protected from his wrath and terror because of what Christ has done on the cross. This is the starting point of how we are to face all of our fears. We can do what the Apostle Paul tells us when he says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. I'd like to close off with an illustration of all this from John Piper, where he says in one of his books, quote, I love the picture of a big, holy, sovereign, majestic God, so I picture myself climbing in the mountains, say the Himalayas, and I'm on these massive rock faces, and I see a storm coming. It is going to be a massive storm, and I feel unbelievably vulnerable on these mountain precipices. And so I am desperately looking for a little covert in the rock where I won't be blown off the side of the cliff to destruction. And I find a hole in the side of the mountain and I spin quickly and suddenly the holiness and justice and power and wrath and judgment of God breaks over me like a hurricane. But I know I am totally safe. Which means that all that horrible danger is transposed into the music of majesty and I can enjoy it rather than fearing it. And I think that is what the cross is. Jesus died for us to provide a place where we could enjoy the majesty of God with a kind of fear and trembling and reverence and awe, but not a cowering fear. And I think as John Piper says this, I think we have to realize that the kind of fear that we are to have towards God is really like a father-son, father-child relationship where now we don't fear a father. We trust him. We love him. We know if it's a good father that what he's going to be doing for us is for our good and for our best. But we still respect him. We still hold him uh, as someone who is an authority in our lives. And we want to do what they say. We want to please them. And so there is a big difference between the fear of God for those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and those of us who follow him. And so next week, we are going to talk about how 
most of the things that we fear never really come to pass as we fear them. And I think this is a very important principle for us to bear in mind because so often we can be in turmoil, we can have our minds churning with all the things we're fearing, but the reality is that in many cases, most of those things never come to pass, or if they do, they come to pass in different ways than we had feared. So we'll talk next week, and we're here to serve you. May God bless you. Welcome back, Grace. Grace is an author, speaker, and the founder of Healing Our Brokenness Ministries. So we want to pick it up where we left off about your book, Grace. Um, you said in your book, as anger, fear, depression, and loneliness engulfed me, I poured out my emotions. So with that focus, and we're focusing on this show of a fear, what are, uh, what are the other factors that contributed to your fear? So I was sexually assaulted at six years old and I had been hospitalized, but the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. I had high fevers. Uh, I started school that year in grade one and my teacher would yell at me for not paying attention. And so I'd be sick again with high fevers. And it was just a constant, I'd go back to school, she'd yell at me again and I'd get sick again. And I just lived in that constant fear. And in the environment I grew up in, with all this fear going on, only intensified that. So when I was going through my healing process, I again had high fevers when I was dealing with various areas of my healing. Um, and all these other emotions then are all compounded. You know, the loneliness and the depression and, and the fear. And then, there, of course, there's the anger. Why did I have to live through this? But I would take all of that to God. And I would just pour it out to him, pour it out to him and write in my journal. And I would take scripture and put my name in the scriptures of God's love because I didn't feel that God loved me. So I would take scriptures and put my name in the scriptures and quote them out loud to myself daily. It was a constant every day, every day, every day, every day, putting my name in scriptures and just confirming God's love for me. So you make this a practice to help you heal. That's right. That did more healing for me than all the counseling and support groups. It was learning God's love at my emotional level. I mean, I knew God's love in my head. That's right. what I was taught as a child. Right. But to get it into your emotional level where you actually feel God's love is a totally different thing. So, Grace, I want to ask you the question that probably most people that are listening tonight want to ask and the question is uh, what is fear now before you unpack that for us I want to share a little bit about my story because maybe you're listening to this show for the first time I was paralyzed with fear I had a lot of depression anxiety and fears in my life and many times I would uh, think about death and dying I was fear full about uh, meeting people i even got to the point where i wouldn't pick up the phone to answer it because i didn't want to hear 
anything on the other than other end that might put me into a situation I didn't want to find myself in or hear some news that I didn't want to hear. So fear consumed my life. And so it can do that. It can consume us. It can paralyze us. And you're sharing about your story and how fear paralyzed you as well. Uh, but uh, let's unpack now a little bit about what is fear. Can you share more about what it is? Well, fear basically comes from negative messages we receive as children. And often it is actually a flashback to childhood fear. For people who fear constantly, basically what happens is something happens in their present life that parallels a traumatic experience in their childhood. And then the fear from the childhood moves forward and connects with the present situation, which just multiplies the reaction to that situation. So fear is much more intensified when it comes back from childhood. In your uh, serious called Healing Emotional Wounds. In the book, Those Troubled Emotions, or Turbulent Emotions, I'm sorry, you have a section in here, uh, chapter 2, that deals with fear. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out as well to those who listen to our program that not only does Grace have her book, from victim to victor and she also wrote a story about her and her husband and their marriage uh, called the making of grace but uh, grace has developed a nine um, study series called healing emotional wounds they deal with many different topics like fear forgiveness uh, things like that but in the book that uh, you talk about fear, uh, you have a acronym for fear. And I'm going to read it and have you explain it a little more to our listeners. Fear is a product, a product of forgetting whose I am. E, entertaining Satan's lies. A, accepting responsibility for what is not mine, and are rejecting faith for worry. Uh, These are great. And uh, just share some more about that, Grace. So forgetting who I am. So when we are focused on our Heavenly Father and know that He wants to protect us, that keeps us from fearing. But when we forget that we have a Heavenly Father that's watching over us and is protecting us, and we think we have to look after ourselves, that's when fear comes in. And the second one, entertaining Satan's lies. Well, Satan is always bombarding us with fears of what if. You know, we get up in the morning and we're afraid to put our feet on the floor because we're afraid to face the day. You know, and we've got, and when you think of it, fear is from Satan. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear is a, a spirit that comes from Satan. So he is bombarding us with lies to enforce that fear. And uh, the Bible says that our tongues set the course of our lives. So if you're telling yourself a lie, then it's going to affect the way you live and, and the outcome of your life. If you think you can't do it, you won't be able to. Right. But if you tell yourself positive 
comments like, yes, I can do this with God's help. I can do anything God enables me to do. In fact, I was fearing something a couple of years ago, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you can hold on to your fear and go nowhere, or you can hold on to me and go wherever I lead you. Mm. So we have a choice. So what about the R? Okay, so it's rejecting faith for worry. You know, we have a choice. We can either go to God and ask him to strengthen us and take away the fear, or we can just walk around worrying about everything. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, we can choose. We can choose not to worry. You know, when we, for me, when I find that something is heavy on my heart, I go into my prayer closet and I stay there. And I just worship. I worship for half an hour or so. And I, I go through the Psalms. I read David's Psalms. Like the Psalms are so wonderful when it comes to dealing with fear because so many of them are about fear. And so you put your name in the Psalms and you read them over and you just get into the presence of God and start, you know, reading the scriptures back to God. And the fear just dissipates. So I will go in my room and I will just close the door and I'll stay there until joy comes into my life mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean the situation changed it means oh. I've changed and yep. that's the whole point spend some time in worship turn like, put on your favorite worship songs and just worship the Lord because the fear comes from Satan and he doesn't want to sit there and listen to you worship God <laughs> so he's going to take a hike right so and then as you enter into worship, you enter into the presence of God and there's no fear in the presence of God because, per, you know, perfect love casts out fear, right? That's God. God's love is perfect. So when you're in his presence, you're going to feel joy. Now, I know when I was going through a lot of fear, I wished I could have gone and got a vaccination to get rid of fear. <laughs> to fight fear. Yeah. But when you think of it, uh, vaccinations are made from the very thing that they're trying to defeat. So say COVID-19, the only way they're going to be able to make a vaccine is if they take some of the uh, COVID-19 itself and then make it into an anti-solution that will fight against that actual illness. But that doesn't work with fear because you can't fight fear with fear because that just compounds it. You have to fight fear with trust. And the way you trust is to learn to know God. So you would use an antidote, which is an opposite, not the same thing, which would be a vaccination. Right. So I was thinking about that this week as I was thinking, you know, I remember when I was so fearful, I was wishing I could just go to the doctor and get a shot and say, okay, it's done and over with. (laughs) But you can't do that. you got to learn to trust. So the more you enter into God's presence and the more you know him, the more you're going to be able to trust. And even if you have people in your life that aren't nice people, you can trust God to protect you from them. Grace, there's so much more we can talk about, but our show is coming to an end. But if people want to get a hold of you and uh, talk about your book or your ministry, how can they do that? Sure. Um, if you go to our website, it's um, gracegale.net. Can you spell you, that? Yeah, Grace, it's G-R-A-C-E. G-A-Y-L-E, that's all one word, dot net. And if you go to the opening page, the home page, and at the top there will be a tab that says books, you hit on that, it will take you to my books. And there will be a write-up on each book. Now, if you click on the book, 
it'll take you to Amazon and you can go inside the cover of a book and read part of the first chapter and then you can also buy it from Amazon from that connection as well and if you want to call uh, get in touch with us on email it is Grace Gale again G R A C E G A Y L E at Kojiko C O G E C O dot C A. As we conclude our program, we want to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. For more information about Agora, we invite you to journey through our website www.agoranetworkministries.com. Also, please subscribe while there or email us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. Until next time, may you know and experience the hope and healing that comes from the greatest healer, Jesus Christ. <laughs>